Hey, y'all. We're excited to bring you Episode 10 of the Boss Bitch Show podcast. Since it's Episode 10, we thought we'd make it a special one and have it be just the two of us. Enjoy. Uh, it's interesting how our conversation last night relates to this podcast because nothing is a coincidence and we're all fucking witches as we learned, yes. you know, and all witches intersect and we're all, you know, our energies meld and we lift each other up. You and I are mirroring each other with our dating stuff right now. We were both supposed to have dates with potential guys we've been talking to. <laughs> That's not. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. we're very much on the same frequency. And I think we're so similar in the, in what we, what we strive for in people, um, yes. you know, uh, we may want slightly different things, but I, I think, you know, who we look for in a person, mm-hmm. um, is a level of, you know, mental and emotional intelligence that we're just not receiving. Yes. And I think like, not only that, like talking to Remy about her podcast, how come, and figuring out like, how to have an orgasm. And it's funny because a lot of the times with women and orgasms, it's a lot of it is because there's a lack of communication and because women we're socialized to be agreeable and not to like speak up and say, no, I don't like that. Can you do it this way? And it's funny because I think there's a parallel with like online dating and with these conversations that I'm having with men where I'm like, I don't like this conversation. I don't like how every other sentence is a sexual joke, especially since I haven't met you before. And it's like, did it ever occur to you to ask, are you enjoying this conversation or Mm -hmm. is it okay? Is it okay if we talk about this? And Uh, I told him and I told him up front, I said, if you want to talk about sexual things, you need to ask for my consent. I said that out the fucking gate. Do you think that happened? No, no. It's like always pushing the envelope. Well, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's the fact that number one, the ratio of amazing women to amazing men is just out of control. There are so many amazing women and not a lot of amazing men who are single and available. And so these men just kind of walk around and they're like, well, you know, if this doesn't work for you bye next, because I have this whole other pool of amazing women. And then I think on top of that, it's like they they're testing our boundaries, you know, and it's, you know, whether it's conscious or subconscious, it, they're testing us, you know, they want to see, you know, am I going to be hard to get? Am I going to be unattainable? And I'm a, am I going to be sexy and coy and whatever? And, and same thing with my guy. It was like, you know, we had that one conversation. He was like, oh, I'm so lucky. It started off so cute. He was like, I'm so lucky to be talking to this like smart, intelligent, sexy Jewish girl with huge fucking tits. And I was like, uh, you were doing so well. Like you just, you were like I said to you last night, like he would never say that to you, to your face. So like, why the fuck are you saying it over text or. And if, if I'm going to extrapolate and be a little bit psychoanalytical, right. We talked about how, you know, he's sober and has very possibly transferred this addiction to sex because when we start talking later, as it gets later in the evening and I'm telling him, He's like, oh my God, I want to see you. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're so amazing. You're so interesting. And I'm going, no fuck face. Like I'm busy. I'm doing comedy. I'm out. Like, I'm not going to come see you at one in the morning. I'm not going to like, yeah, it's sweet that you want to pay for an Uber for me to your house, but it's just, you could fuck me. It's not because you care about me. And it comes off a little fiendy. It comes off really fucking needy and very like a, a manic addiction. 
And then when you finish off and you say, oh, I can't wait to see you. And I just came for you 15 minutes. I just, I just came thinking about you 15 minutes ago. I start to think to myself, oh, you're creating a self-fulfilling prophecy for yourself because he did say he's in therapy and he's working on himself really hard. So he's creating a self-fulfilling prophecy because he knows I'm not okay with that communication. And when, mm. then when I don't respond, he can be like, oh, you know what? Ah, fuck her. She's, she's not, she's not into me or whatever. She's not into it. Yeah. I haven't heard from him since. And yes, he said he had to like work and he hasn't worked all summer because mm. he's a teacher, but like, no, I was I, honestly I satisfy your immediate need. Right. And I think it comes back to like some sort of like insecurity of like knowing that they're not on par. And so they like self-destruct, you know, and like so for the listeners, I was talking to this guy for like weeks and was talking on this app called Field, And uh, then we texted whatever. And the whole reason why we were talking for so long is because of our schedules. We couldn't we weren't, it's like mid to late July. Okay. And we couldn't have a date until August 13th. And I was like, really, bro? Like, really? Like we can't just meet up for, and I, now I like, I think I was denying what the reason for that was, is he didn't want to have a short date because there wasn't a chance that we would fuck. Correct. I was just about to say that. Yeah. He didn't want to just meet up for on his lunch break for lunch or meet up to have coffee like he wanted more of a chance to like fuck yeah and then the whole the talking this much it's just been like so sexually oriented and I'm like I don't know you I don't know you and I don't even know if I'm attracted to you like sure your pictures are attractive but we all know I mean how many fucking dates have you been on where you show up and it's like and it's like misfit toys version of the person on the app <laughs> You know, fucking button eye falling out. Like, you know, I'm over it. Well, and not only that, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know that anyone's saying it to me or, or if it's just like a conversation in general, but it's like, I'm sure people are like, oh, well, you were poly, you know? And it's like, yeah, but you know what? When I was polyamorous, you know what I loved about it is that these people were my friends and we were having intelligent conversations and we genuinely cared about each other. So yes, was there a lot of fucking involved? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I knew this person like cared about me and respected me and was interested right. in my needs, both as a human and sexually. Yes. And that's and so much hotter to me than just yes. like some random fuck, like stop. And would ask for consent Absolutely. constantly. So much consent. Yeah. So much consent of like, <laughs> is it okay if we start talking about this or if, if I touch you here or if I kiss you, like yeah. there is so much of that communication. And I think like, for both of us as women, like being very sex positive women and people who enjoy our own sexuality and we're comfortable talking about sex, I think that that can be sort of conflated with, oh, I'm okay with talking about it with a stranger. Like I'm okay with like third sentence in hearing about your king. And they just don't get the nuance between like, oh, it's fine if I talk about it on stage or during our podcast or amongst friends, but it's like, you know, there's no, uh, the expression background of relatedness where, you know, the, there's no context for us to be having this conversation. Right. I, I had a guy that was from Prague the other day I was talking to, and he was really fucking hot. The Eastern Europeans love you. Uh, oh, God, they, they love you so much. Yeah. Throw. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm, and so he was like, you know, uh, um, 
I, it started out so nice, right? It started out, he's talking about like (laughs) art from before the 1600s and, you know, traveling around Europe and like, oh yeah. Interesting. Oh, this is going to be so great. And then lo and behold, as I'm texting him all day, right? Wasted my fucking time. He's like, I really like to massage. Oh, fuck. And I was like, he's like, I just like to see. And then he's like, what are you doing at work right now? And I'm like. I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> and he goes, what if I was under your desk? And was, oh my God. He sounds like this, like this, like little gremlin from Prague. Who's like eating your pussy. It's so crazy. I want to eat your pussy. I want to eat your pussy. On the already desk. And so, then, so then I kind of, I went back and forth and I was, I was trying to, you know, and I was like trying to account for language barrier and this and that. And then he said, you know, I, I find that if I date woman who doesn't want to have sex right away, it doesn't work. And I was like, well, this may not work. Cool. This like, conversation is yeah. over. I was like, listen, I was like, you know, there's this thing called like witty banter and, and getting to know someone and, and creating a little bit of intimacy. Uh, well, you that's know. just like a forceful ultimatum. Yeah. Also. And like that's very rapey to me. It's gross. And, like, and it's I was gross. just, yeah. And I was like, you know, and he was like, I'm so sorry. I totally understand my, my bad, my apologies. I just, I, I, I'm, you're so beautiful and interesting. I just got very excited. I said, okay, I'll give you one more chance. I should know by now, but I, I'll, I'll stay open-minded. I'll stay light and fluffy and whatever. Right. And then we actually video chatted and yeah. And he immediately went into some story about some Asian woman that he dated that didn't want to have sex with him, but just wanted her feet massaged or something. And I was like, I don't care. What is this? Why are you talking to me about this? What does this have to do with me? And then he was like (laughs) talking about like women in general and how he just wants to be there to massage me. And, you know, and just, he loves the way that that he likes to see how I feel. And he just likes to take the pleasure in making the pleasure. And, you know, she was so scared when I wanted to have sex twice in a day. And I just kept thinking to myself, does this motherfucker even know what consent is? And does he even care about her? Because he's like, yeah, maybe she was scared because you were probably fucking pressuring her so much. Right. And it's like, and she wasn't comfortable. Like, you know wasn't what? that a signal for you? Yeah. And also like, yeah, you know what? If I'm hot about someone, I may fuck you several times a day, but don't assume that I will. No, I can't. I'm just like, uh, and the more I thought about speaking of massage, the more I thought about his comment. Ah. So, so this fucking guy for our audience, this fucking, that's, this is how I'm going to refer to him. Fucking guy. This we're, fucking we're, we're, guy. Shithead fuckhead fuck face this fucking guy and like for for the record i am really really honestly trying to keep a positive outlook about cis straight men i really i'm trying so hard and y'all are fucking it up so bad like y'all are just like giving me a run for my money and so this dude is a orthopedic surgeon I hope he fucking finds me and listens to this motherfucker. Oh my God. I hope he wasn't my dad's doctor. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's like a million orthopedic surgeons in New York City, but he's very, I know, but you know how our world just collide like that. He's very mm. young and hot. I didn't meet him. Okay. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Like, just like I, that is contextual for this conversation. So somehow in the conversation, massaging comes up and I was like, oh my God, I haven't had a massage since before the pandemic. And I used to get them once a month. Like I miss it so much. And 
I love getting a massage. And he was like, would you believe that I've never had a massage? And I was like, what? You're a surgeon. You're a, you're a doctor. And like, you have a very, like, that is a physical job, like the concentration and stress Uh that you can imagine, like what that would do to your body. And I was like, really? Like, you've never had a massage. Oh my God. Why? And he goes, cause you know, people might have their reasons, you know, whatever. And he was like, yeah, I just know I would get turned on and get a boner. And I was like, all right, fine. Like, I can't even believe I continued the conversation after that, but I was like, Okay, well, what if it's a guy? Because this person does not identify as bisexual. He identifies as heterosexual. So I'm like, what if it's a guy that gives you a massage? And like, Mm. and he goes, I don't want a man touching me like that. Girl, (laughs) girl. I, it took a lot for me to like not fly off the handle. Like I was like, um, are you serious right now? What if you had a patient that didn't want you to perform surgery on them because of your gender mm-hmm. and because they might get turned on by your touch? Like, wouldn't that be really weird and unprofessional because you're providing a medicinal service? Wouldn't that be weird? And I was like, listen, you can get erotic massages if that's your fancy. Those are available. But that's Absolutely. not what we're talking about oh, right no. now. Like, clearly, And he was like, oh, my God, you I'm so embarrassed. You really changed my perspective. And I was like, yeah, you should be fucking embarrassed. You are a medical professional. And you just said you don't want to get a massage from a man. One, which like really it's giving homophobia. It's giving homophobia. It's not only is it giving homophobia, it's giving internalized homophobia where I'm like, oh, clearly you've never explored like queerness in yourself. Clearly you have, you won't even like go near it, right. you know? Yeah. And for me, I'm like, oh, you, you've like blocked parts of yourself. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not even willing to, you're afraid of it. Like you're not even willing to explore that th- there may be some queer feelings in there. Well, what it strikes for me too, is kind of, um, you know, the whole thing in Judaism, why the very Orthodox Jews, like the men and women will sit separately and the women have to, you know, cover themselves. And it's like, oh, why is that? And it's like, so the men don't get distracted because the men can't control themselves. Right. So how about you just fucking control yourself and stop putting it on the women to be responsible for you not being able to keep your dick soft? Yeah. I was just so disappointed with this conversation and, you know, (sighs) it gives you an, an inkling of like where that person is on like their personal development and their like sexuality where I'm like, oh yeah, you're super horny, but you haven't really dove in to your sexuality and like what it means and like the depths of like where these feelings and thoughts and kinks come from. Like I can say, I know where my shit comes from. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't and they they just go with the status quo of, you know, what they've been raised with, what society's taught them, what their parents have taught them, Mm -hmm. what they learn from their friends or magazines or even porn, you know, and it's like for me, I feel like my experience growing up with finding my dad's porn is very positive, like in the sense of like, you know, that's where I learned to give a really good blowjob. And I was also where I 
learn to give a yeah. job was porn. And, yeah. yeah. And also like I was fortunate to be able to find porn early on where women were genuinely having orgasms. Like these women look like they were really enjoying themselves. And so I felt empowered. And I mean, even my first threesome was very empowering. You know, I felt like I was queen for a day and like, yeah, I mean, now of course we're talking about like, yeah, I would love to be with two bisexual men and just have yes. to see like a melange <gasps> of everything Oh God, you know, or so even hard. better, like a, a foursome, you know, with you oh. know, like a, another bi woman and two bi men, like, holy shit, you know? I would, that's yeah, wow, clearly that's I what it. I had in mind for the Portland incident. But um, nonetheless, having my first threesome experience be with two very heterosexual men, the advantage to that was that all of the attention was on me. Same. That was my experience. All of it. And, and it, it was, was so hot, like, so hot. And like, you know, yeah, eventually I guess I was spit roasted and whatnot, but you know, it started off by like someone kissing me while someone was going down. <gasps> on me. I like, know what's the best. What's, what's hotter than that. There's nothing hotter <laughs> than that. And honestly, like being spit roasted is so hot. Like there's oh. something in me and there's something in my mouth. Like everything is filled. Like it's just so oh, yeah. So yeah. hot, you know, and love it. <laughs> and that, no, I love spit roasting as well. I was just saying, like, you know, they started me off very sensually. Yes, I, I love that. And I love that. It was just kind of like, oh my God. Yeah. And it's like, there's this pendulum with like talking about sex. It's like, yes, we're becoming more comfortable about like talking about sex openly and talking about orgasms openly and like, you know, female, not just female, but like our genitalia and like being just more like out there and upfront and like talking openly about STIs and blah, blah, blah. And like, that's all like amazing and great. And then I think the other side of that sword is like with online dating, people are a little too comfortable. It was like yeah. the Dom guy I went on a date with, like we had this super intelligent conversation about BDSM, him talking about like, yeah, like I, I really had to like explore it and like understand like where it came from. And he's like, I think just so much of it is socialized. He's like, you know, cartoons when you're a kid, like he likes um like ropes and stuff. What do they call that? I forget it. Bondage. Shabai. <laughs> yeah. Um, he likes bondage. He likes to like tie women up. And he's like, Yeah, you know, cartoons when I was a kid, like the damsel in distress, like getting tied up. And he's like, and I think that just like infiltrated my brain. And he's like, oh, wow. um, and he's like, and I'm all about like communication. And I, you know, it's not fun unless everyone's enjoying themselves and blah, blah, blah. And then minutes later, we're like walking out of the bar and he grabs me by the back of the neck. And like at first it was like, like I haven't had a guy touch me in so long. So I like kind of melted and I was like, oh, my God. And it was firm. And then he says, I'm not going to feel bad about this. And it was really creepy. Ew. And and I was like, because he had said earlier in the conversation, like, I've learned to not like shame myself for my kink and like, and I understood what he meant. Yeah. But, but saying that is really a, creepy. When you grab a woman by the back of the neck firmly and say, I won't feel bad about this. It was, and I turned to him and I go, well, maybe you could like ease up a little bit. It was really, I just think uh, like, even when people have done a lot of work, they haven't done enough work especially cis straight white men. <laughs> well, and also um, it's kind of like, you know, BDSM, it's like, you can have all the intelligent, rational conversations about it, but unless you have that trust and intimacy built, you can't assume anything. No, 
And I was like, bro, I just fucking met you two hours ago. Don't grab the back of my neck and say, I'm not going to feel bad about this. Like, who the fuck are you? And I was a little tipsy. And of course, I was like, you know, and like, but I just it stood out to me. And I was like, I know you're saying that because you really feel that. And you think I'm going to think it's hot. And I don't think it's hot. I don't think it's hot because it feels like you don't care about yeah me. it's it, it feels rapey Ugh. it feels kind of rapey and i was Ugh. like no no i don't like it mm-hmm. i don't like it and i don't want to do this mm-hmm. and he did text me the other day and it was all like it was very like i'm ready if you if you want me to help you like with whatever you know and i was like i just didn't respond i'm over it i'm yeah. over it and i really i'm fascinated like this guy was blowing my shit up for like yeah. two three days and I was like I'm not gonna be able to see you till Monday like you're just gonna have to deal with it and then Mm-mm. here's Monday you, you didn't and, give him you didn't give him that that hit no I didn't and I mean re- that's I'm really very, glad that I didn't that's very drug addict yeah you didn't give him that immediate hit so he probably went to go find it somewhere else. Hey, who knows? But um, who knows? It doesn't matter. You guys made plans to have a date and now he's has not reached out. Yeah, no, it was like we had the great date Thursday. And I think the reason I was so sucked in is because we had great chemistry and mm. that doesn't happen to me often. And I prefer that. Mm-hmm. And we did have some really great conversation. And, you know, yes, I could, you know, we after the hot you know, it, the hot kiss in the car, he was totally trying to get into everything. And I was yes. like, okay, let's just, okay. Chill, chill. You know, yeah. and I, you know, I was buzzing, walking into the comedy show, just like, oh, I just made out with a boy. And, I, yeah. know, and he drove me here and he's so generous and that, and it's like, no, he just has a fucking agenda disguised as, oh, let me be generous and let me be helpful. Yeah. Let me be helpful to get in your pants. Yeah, because because all the generosity that he kept offering always ended in either being at my house or his house. Ooh, now there's the clarity right there. Right. And that, my friends, is called manipulation. Yeah, because it was like Saturday, uh, Friday. I went to Jack's show, which was in Brooklyn, and he was like, it was great. And he was like, I'll come pick you up in Brooklyn and drive you home. No, you won't. Or you can take an Uber to Long Beach. No. No. What the f- Are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I, Jack is a close friend of mine and I haven't seen her in months. No, I'm not going to put a time limit on my evening. So to satisfy your fucking ego and sex drive. No, yeah, I'm good. You know, Yikes. yeah, I'm glad you're willing to pay for it, but um, you're going to have to do more than that. You know? Yeah, literally. And that was the thing, too. And my my fucking therapist called it. She was yeah. like draw a boundary with this guy and his sex talk, draw a boundary and see what happens. Yep. And that's Un- what I did. Unmatched. He had a nice response, which I appreciated. And he unmatched me. I mean, that's fucking hysterical where I'm like, and then it's like, it's just the writing is on the wall because if you can't handle this small, tiny boundary of me asking you Ow. to stop talking about sex when we haven't met before, yeah, that's a pretty like decent, like understandable boundary. And if you can't take that, what else, like what else oh, can't you handle? Absolutely. 
So that was right after the episode we did with Remy Casimir of the How Come podcast. And this was after we met more recently with the Hot Flashes and Cool Topics ladies who are postmenopausal women who we did their podcast and then they did ours. And let me tell you, we all learned a lot. Amazing. Don't sleep on the elder Gen X. They've got a lot to share. They've got a lot of knowledge. Okay. It's funny. I totally realized that I went into that like sort of, um, I didn't realize it, but I sort of went into it uh, a little arrogant, like, uh, what am I going to learn? You know what I mean? And I was like, damn, (laughs) Yeah. you know, women in their fifties and early sixties are dealing with a whole different slew of women's issues medically sexually societally than we are they're dealing with a lot of the same ones but in different ways yeah and you know it's stuff that's gonna happen for us and we taught them about a lot of sex stuff that can really be helpful at any age so it was it was nice and at the end of the day women helping women is pretty fucking cool yes yes so what's going on with you Rachel Green uh, well, we talked a little bit, uh, about my date last Your night. Your hot date. Give it to me. Mm. <gasps> so this was my second date with the Danish. Uh, I love First of that. all, love the Scandinavians. I'm half Swedish. They are so like, sexually, they've always been ahead of the curve. Like they are so informed and liberal and love the Scandinavians. Love them. And it just makes me happy that the description of their people is a pastry. (laughs) I told him that last night after a couple of drinks and he liked it. Love it. Yeah, it it worked on so many levels. So, you know, I, we had had that first date that went really well. Um, He's a very thoughtful speaker. Um, I thought it was originally because, you know, English was not initially his first language, but Uh I also realized he's just, likes to be intentional with what he has to say. So sometimes wow. he'll just stop and really like gather his thought and then come out with some really brilliant shit. And I'm like, oh, wow, thoughtful, damn. a thoughtfully speaking man. They exist. I've dated one of those before and it was, and it was like astounding. Yeah. Like, because like I would ask a question and they, he would start to answer and then he'd be like, hold on. So what I want to say is, and it was just so yeah. It's so nice to like, like not to make generalizations, but like, I do think that some men speak with such like immediacy and authority. And it comes from a, from a place of privilege of like, oh, well, I always know what I'm talking about. And I always have an answer to everything. And it's like, well, do you? Well, and it, <laughs> it may or may not be from a place of privilege. It may also come from having to prove themselves to the world. Because- Patriarchy. You know, it, right. The, their <laughs> yeah. experience of the patriarchy, much like, you know, that, that meme that I sent you where it's like, you know, toxic masculinity doesn't necessarily come from men in their heart being terrible. It's just coming from like, they're just not taught emotional intelligence, oh, you know, yeah. and maybe they haven't had the courage or the wherewithal or the knowledge that that's something that you can learn, yeah. you know, and figure out. And so, yeah, this dude is very emotionally intelligent and very patient and, and slow and, and methodical in a good way. 
Oh my um, God, I'm wet. That's so hot. Yeah, it was just like, and he came to a comedy show and had a good time and was not intimidated by the fact that I'm funny. Um, really enjoyed it and wasn't even intimidated by like, oh man, people just wanted to like network with me after the show. And I was like, and he was like, that's okay. And then I went and then I took him to a bar where my friend is the manager and it was more talking with other people. And I was like, yeah, is this okay? And he was like, yeah, he's like, I don't have any expectations around this evening. I'm it's great. Oh, so hot, you know? And then we just, you know, we laughed a lot and we chatted and I had asked him, so what's your vision for the rest of the evening? You know, as I was getting a little tipsy and feeling Mm -hmm. a little, little randy and, and he was like, let's rob a bank. Let's climb, <laughs> let's climb the bridge. And I was like, you could have answered that question in a multitude well, of different ways. It's like, we've talked about this before when you set the stage intentionally or not for like a sex joke and they don't make it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 I mean, yeah. And that's like one thing that's sort of like hard for us as like sex positive female comedians is like, we are comfortable with making like sex jokes and stuff, but like, that doesn't mean like take the ball and run in that direction. No. And and I expected him. I didn't notice that I had expectations, but in hindsight, I was like, I thought he might be like, well, you know, I, I might like to see your view or something. And it literally the fact that he didn't say anything related to sex made me want to have sex with him more. <laughs> yes! And I'm that's like, I, I think he that's needs like, to teach a seminar on this shit. Because I mean, so many men don't get it that it's like, it's that simple that just having some nuance and playfulness and not sticking it right in for the target is just the hottest thing ever and then even as he was walking me home we took like a long walk home and I had said at the table I was like I don't even know if you're a good kisser and he's like I'm terrible it's it's like a frog he's like it's like a frog it's are are you into frog kissing and then of course like you know, we walked for a while before we finally got to this dark area and he kind of turned to me and he was like, so this might be a good place for the frog kiss. What do you think? Oh my God, how funny. You know what it is? It's it's creative. It's yeah. like when they don't go straight for like the sex joke and the obvious answer. It shows creativity yeah. and it shows um not holding back. What's the word that I'm looking for? I mean, it is patience and it is, thoughtfulness restraint yeah there it is right it shows restraint and like there is nothing sexier than that than a man who has restraint around like a woman that's hot and and it's so cool because I, i mean again the porn star he I don't know if I shared about that on our podcast in the last one, but I'm sure it'll come up at some point. But before he ghosted me, after he told me about his adult circumcision at a sex party. um, (laughs) Right. uh, Listen listen to that episode, everyone, which I believe, I believe that was our episode with Keith and the girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. So listen to our episode with Keith and the girlfriend. Yes. Where I went out with a porn star and then he proceeded to tell me about how he dated a couple. The husband was a moil. And he circumcised him at a play party, a.k.a. 
sex part. Problematic. So but anyway, wow. on the date with porn star, he did. I mean, I think he like pulled out the fucking chair for me or did something sort of gentlemanly. And uh-huh. when I thanked him, he was like, wow, the bar is so low that it's just rolling around on the floor. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a broomstick rolling around on the floor. And I was like, yeah, oh, you're right. It is. It is a truly. broomstick. But um, yeah, so talking about the low bar. So yeah, so we had a beautiful frog kiss in the shadows. Was it and... a frog kiss or was it a good kiss? No, he was a great kisser. Ah. And, you know, and I love course. that he made a joke about that instead of like convincing you that he was a good kisser. Harder. And he had like the the um confidence to be like, oh, I'm terrible. I'm really bad. Yeah. And then, yeah, he talked about like, you know, he was like, well, at my age, she's like, you know, so he's 49, but he does not look like he's 49. Mm. And, you know, he very confidently stated that, you know, things just go how they go. Sometimes the penis works, sometimes it doesn't, but he has other things like tools and toys oh. and hands and mouth and I was like yes ah. you do. yes you do I was like oh did you bring your toolkit and he was like no I, I didn't and I, I told him about when I dated Michael and he had the reciprocal saw with the dildo on the end that was a good time oh. um yeah Michael would come over with like a straight up fucking tool bag it was great two bad things ended poorly but um with Michael but anyway back to the Danish love it the prune Danish is it uh, cheese or cherry or cheese yeah. makes me think of dick cheese. So. I know. I thought I realized that after I said it, I was like, ooh, yeah. smegma. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's an almond Danish. Oh, he's he's definitely an almond Danish. An almond Danish. So oh my God. Uh, so, you know, I can have a, a sort of a dad joke kind of sense of humor sometimes. Mm-hmm. So because my friend is the manager at this place, you know, she had the server send us some free shots. And <laughs> the sweet server, Julio, he comes over and he's like, so are you allergic to nuts? And I was like, I'm definitely not allergic to nuts. And he was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, huevos are fine with me, baby. <laughs> so stupid. Um, but yeah, like I, I took him up here, not Julio, uh, the Danish. Um, <laughs> and he was like fascinated with my balcony and just looking at the beautiful view. And then yeah, we like sat on the couch and made out for like a long time. And I was like, hey, do you want to like get on the bed? Because he's like 6'6". Like six, six. I'm like, this might be a little more. 6'6"? Six, six? Uh-huh. Oh, honey, I'm going to need pictures of this. Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you might be a little more ergonomic if we move to the bed. And he was like, okay. You know, and again, like right before, you know, he's like, I have no expectations around any of this. Wow. And then just like, just like made out and like tickled and teased me and I mean eventually I was just like a little bucking Bronto like just do it yeah yeah I mean did he do it I just fingered me and I played with my clit you know it was great oh that is one of my favorite things like guys don't sleep on the fingering the finger I mean there is nothing like a good finger bang yeah, it was a great, you know, he had the inside, I had the outside. Oh, that's the way I like to do it. I had a very hard orgasm and oh. then um and then he hugged me and then he left. What a guy. <laughs> a plus. You know, like I was sort of playing with his stuff and you know, I was tickling was him and teasing him too, but he didn't really, you know, it was fine. 
yeah. I was like, all oh, right, you exist. You exist. Hot. Yeah. The Europeans are a different breed. You know, I dated a German for a time and he was so good in bed. So good in bed. Just like so focused on my pleasure, like totally like got off on like going down on me, like, you know, finger my vagina, my asshole at the same time. Like just, uh, like, oh, he was just like, would always want to make eye contact. Mm. It was just like so fucking hot. Oh my mm. God. He was great. He was really great. Yeah. A plus for the Europeans. I got to say. Well, let's say that upper northern part because you know yeah. once once you get down into the warmer climates it can I don't know. I'm so bad at geography. I don't even know what you're saying. No, like you know, we're talking like the Mediterranean and like you know Oh, then it gets a little we get like really patriarchal with that. But right. like yeah. So not, I've had great to, experiences right. with Germans, Scandinavians, French. Right. They've all been great. The northern like, parts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Once it gets a little warm, they get a little too excited, and that there is there is yeah. no res- no restraint whatsoever. Yeah, we need restraint. <laughs> I wonder if like that has anything to do with their geography. I don't know. The Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've been on the apps, girl. Yes, I was gonna say. So tell me about your world. So I'm in Colorado on this gig, and I thought I would explore a little. Um, I had this really hot dream last night, weirdly about like one of my coworkers here, (laughs) but he's like married with a kid, but he's so hot. Mm. He's so hot. And like, I'm never inappropriate with him. I would never do that, you know, but I did have a dream about him and it was, Mm. mm, oh my God, he has like a really gorgeous body. And it was, it was a very weird dream though. It was a dream that I was like, we had clearly just started seeing each other. And it was very like, you know, when you're like, you have that like fun new chemistry and you're just like snuggly and like kind of all over each other. And we were on a date at my ex-boyfriend Mickey's apartment. Weird. And Mickey, and Mickey felt like, was like trying to be cool about it. And like, I was trying to be respectful of him. And then I would forget he was there. And like, it was weird, but it did sort of get the juices flowing. And so I got on the apps today and uh, mostly I got to say Denver, (laughs) Denver is delivering a lot of gross beards. First of all, like the, the gross ones, the like duck dynasty ones, Uh, a lot of those. Come and, on, just just trim and and uh, escape a little bit. You it's know, just have... like I can I can smell the profile. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> oh my it god! Reminds me of a Beanie Siegel was one of the first people to like make beards like that popular, and it's just that like overgrown. Ooh, uh, it's not cute. Lumberjack it's not cute. and like. I'm just going to say this to our, if we have any Denver listeners, nobody wants to see your ski pictures. Nobody cares. I can't, you've got a full mask on. I can't tell what your face looks like. You're in a snowsuit. I don't know what's going on underneath that snowsuit. Like, I don't give a fuck that you ski. Like, I don't care. Maybe some people do. I've seen that on some profiles, even in New York. It's like, I'm glad that's your passion, but cool. I'm, I'm really glad you love this like? deadly sport. Like, awesome. Just a lot of centrists, 
So I've had to swipe left on a lot of those. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So that's like when it's asked for their political belief, it's like they, they choose that. And I'm like, and it's it's lazy. Yeah. That's like, no, you're fucking conservative. Get out of here. But I did find this cute guy that I started talking. Socially liberal, fiscally conservative. Oh, fuck (laughs) off. You don't care about anyone but yourself. That's what that means. Yep, that's right. Um, But I did start talking to this hot guy. He's young, though. He's, but you know, whatever. It's just going to be fun because I'm just here for two weeks. But he's, oh my God, look at this picture. You can't like really tell who he is. So I, I don't, I think it's okay to show it. He's a cowboy. Oh, hey, daddy. He's a real cowboy. Oh my God. He's a real cowboy and he's liberal. Oh, he looks like um someone from Dallas. Dun, oh. Dun, 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 oh my god, he's dun, fucking dun, hot. Dun, he's dun, really dun, hot. Dun, dun. Um, oh, ask him if he has his riding crop. Oh, he he looks like he rides western though, not English. So he won't have a crop. Um, girl can dream. But maybe he has a saddle. Oh, or he might have a lasso. Oh. I'm telling you what, I'm a ride. Or a bullwhip. So he's very hot and the he's liberal, 6'3. Mm. Oh, honey, I am, but he's 31 years old. So he's a youngin'. Wow. But he's very, very cute. But, you know, speaking of restraint, you know, of course I made one joke and he like went right, right up the mountain, honey. Oh, you just um, give them that opening. They go there right there. Oh, um, no. And I was and like, listen, cowboy, slow your roll. Um, And he was respectful and was like, didn't mean to offend and blah, blah, blah. I would love to take you out. And I was like, ma'am. Ma'am. I know. He didn't say ma'am. He knows I'm Northeastern. He said miss. Miss. Yeah, of course. Well, like, all right. that's a respectful. But you can call me ma'am. Young, young lady. I love that yes ma'am shit. Oh, it fucking turns me on. So we'll see yeah. about that. And then oh, he was really, I don't know. I think maybe like, I don't know. I have a lot of time here, but I also will like already have plans. Yeah. So um, I don't know, maybe next week or something. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. So I only swiped right on him and like maybe two other people. One of which was a very hot boy who said that, um, him and his friend like to share ladies from time to time. Okay. Might have a fun little threesome in my future. A little MMF. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's been far too long. Here's what I always wonder. I love a good MMF. You know that. That, uh, was, my, that was my first threesome and many subsequent threesomes after. I love being queen for a day. Yes. Fabulous. But, and I mean, I've even done cousins. Okay. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that story? We love you, Rachel Green. Cousins. (laughs) Cousins, okay. I can't. This is great. So, yeah. So I'm riding one of them and blowing the other one is usually yes yes I was yeah. trying to think I guess I was reverse cowgirling oh the one huh. on the bottom yes and then right and the one on the bottom goes I love you cuz but your balls are in my face <laughs> oh no wait you must have been not no reverse. it was the regular way right yeah that's what it was regular like, was way standing above I was doing it the regular way. And right. So it was just like balls and ass were just like right above him. See, that's why I kind of want the bisexual MMF, which I have. Right. So that is my question is what do straight men get out of 
having threesomes? That is my burning question. Oh, well, I'll be sure to ask. Because, I mean, I think it's just again, the policy of sharing a woman. Of I like guess so. Guys. Yeah, it's like, oh, high five. Good job, bro. You know? Kind of. The conquest that they accomplished together. Yeah. I know that it's a conquest of like more the, like the shared experience. Right. And they may not want to admit it, but there's probably some kind of like, they, yeah, there's some kind of, come on, something on the bisexual spectrum of enjoying yeah being everything well there's the voyeuristic aspect of it of like you get to watch sex while you have sex yeah that's true that is hot I mean I think it's hot all around um yeah I was just always curious because you know uh as I got further along in my poly experiences you know a lot of the threesomes people would be bi or or queer or just curious um you know more open than like you know, the dudes I was having threesomes with in like high school, you know? I know. I don't think, I think they were like very clear about being straight. (sighs) Well, I guess it's kind of akin to like, Hey, let's go to the strip club. Like let's experience this thing together so we can like chat about it and be like, yeah, it was fucking cool. Right. You know, that's hot. Uh, Yeah. Is there anything else we want to talk about? I don't know. It's been like quite eventful. Well, I will say this. It is pretty freaking cool that we've been running a successful comedy show that, you know, highlights and uplifts underrepresented voices for over a year now. And now Mm -hmm. we have a podcast to just expand upon that. And I think, you know, in both ways, we get to have fun, make people laugh and make a difference and like kind of educate people to the the experience of many different types of people and I yeah. think that's super cool I and do too. um we get to also like look really hot while we do it yes and isn't that the most important part <laughs> no it is really cool and I think um it's fun to like you know be able to do stuff for fun you know what I mean where it's like and it's like it continually gets easier isn't the it's a lot of work, but like we continue to do things with more ease. Yeah. Like I've, I think about like our last live show where it was like you and I were just laughing because we were just like, it's okay. Like whatever's happening is happening. And like, yeah. and we were both just like, it's okay. Like every, it's okay. You know? And then it was like a fucking great show. We had a great audience. I had a blast performing. I had a blast like talking with, you know, it's like different people show up to every show and you get to talk to those people and meet those people. And like, it's just always an expansive experience, the live show, the podcast. And it's like, what more could I ask for creatively than to have like an enjoyable, fun, expansive experience? I don't think everyone can say that for like their job that they show up to every day that they like learn something new about the world and about people. I don't think everybody can say that. And we do. And that's really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of us. Indeed. Toot your own horn, ladies. Toot toot. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, Toot toot. I love that. Like we got to, you know, share our taking back of words like whore and witch with a bunch of postmenopausal ladies that made I me love very that. happy what I a fun that. conversation you know what we should do oh my god I'm scared to say this but I really think we should do it we should have our moms on <laughs> if 
you're just listening, Rachel is having some facial tics right now and seizing a little bit. <laughs> I just we should we should absolutely we should. do that. Yeah, you no, know? um, a lot of a lot of women have had their moms on podcasts, and it's always a fun time. And I think you know what I've picked up on over the past, I guess, couple of years as you and I, you know, traverse therapy and have chats about our moms and and all the trials and tribulations and growth that we have with them. One of my major takeaways, like clearly you and I are doing the work oh. and as we do the work, it allows them to show up differently. Absolutely. You know, my mom just came to New York for three days and it was amazing. I have to credit that to my work in fucking therapy and speaking up for myself and drawing boundaries lovingly and that allowing her a safe space to respond, to respond to those boundaries in a loving way to me, you know? I also think too that, you know, I can't speak for you, but like, I don't always give credit to like, my mom's a smart lady and she has survived on this planet for 75 years. And it's like, they've been through it. You know, they've been through it and they don't necessarily like you and I actively engage them in dialogues that are not natural to them, Yes. but then they do it and they're open to it because they love us and they want to have a best, a better, best relationship with us. So sometimes they'll engage in the uncomfortable thing and then it becomes more normal for them. Yes. You know, and, and yeah, I'm seeing that for both of us. Yeah. And I think it, you know. It, it just goes back to the the tenant that like the only person we can change is ourselves mm. and you know it's like that that old um buddhist proverb of like uh the man in the village wanted to change the world so he set out to change the world he realized he couldn't change the world so he set out to change his country he realized he couldn't and by the end of the proverb he realized he could only change himself and in doing that he changed his his friends and family responded, his village, his country, the yeah, world. Of course. Well, you know? yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it's also the thing that you hear a lot where people are like, you know, whether it's Marianne Williamson or, or just anyone in general, where it's like, no, don't, don't lower your self-expression. Don't lower, you know, talk about your joy, talk about your gratitude, talk about your accomplishments, because it gives other people permission to talk about their accomplishments and their gratitude and to feel more comfortable just the way, you know, you and I talking about our sexuality and, and the freedom in that. And, and it gives other people the permission to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. 